Welcome to What Christians Should Know, How You Can Apply Biblical Principles to Everyday Life. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Dr. Elijah Sadafel, and today we're going to be talking about a new way to think about blessings. Our focus will be on Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. Now, before I read that verse, let me give you a little bit of background. Psalm number one and two serve as introductions to the book of Psalms. Together, these two chapters act as front doors that alert the reader to what's next in the figurative house of the Psalms. While Psalm 2 is cosmic in scope, Psalm number 1 is personal in scope. And what does Psalm 1 describe? It contrasts the blessed and the wicked person. Our focus here will be what Psalm 1 tells us about the blessed person. This will be relevant to how we think about reality, others, and ourselves. Psalm 1 begins by telling us that the blessed person is characterized by what they do not do, that is, not following the advice of the wicked, not grounding oneself in secular values, and not associating with those who mock God in word and deed. Verse 2 tells us that the delight of the blessed person is the full counsel of God's instruction contained in the Bible. They delight in God's word so much that they meditate on it day and night. In essence, the word is the fuel that drives their life engine. Verse 3 then compares the blessed person to a tree. The NASB of Psalm chapter 1 verse 3 says, He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In whatever he does, he prospers. The word that is translated prosper in Hebrew means much more than material blessings. Certainly, it can include material wealth, but the Hebrew word refers to something much bigger, meaning progress and profitability in life as a whole, which includes sanctification, relationships, health, state of mind, family development, and ministry. This inclusive prosperity helps to explain why the text says the blessed person prospers in whatever or all that he does. God created us as more than material odds and ends. We are all human beings that have physical, psychological, and spiritual components, and the richness of prosperity that comes from meditating on God's word touches our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. Again, Psalm 1-3 says that a blessed person is like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season. What can we learn from this? I will describe three things. The first is that trees are always the most valuable and the most productive to others. A tree provides shelter because it can withstand wind. It is also a source of lumber, a building material. A tree equips people by providing shade and a place to rest their head. It blesses animals by giving squirrels a place to store their nuts and lends support to the nests of birds. And of course, a tree yields fruit, fruit that it never eats. It produces fruit so that other people can eat it and potentially use the seeds to plant other trees. The point I'm trying to convey is that biblical wisdom informs a picture of blessedness that is other-serving, not self-serving. The modern prosperity gospel has polluted the image of the tree into a cannibalistic tree that grows fruit so that it can eat them. 
A blessed person who is like a tree realizes that their blessings are not an end, but a means to bless other people. This valuable productivity has its most acute application in our home, our church, and in our jobs. At home, this means not only building up other family members, but creating an environment that glorifies God. For fathers, this is especially relevant because we are the trees primarily responsible for the provision and protection of our wives and children. It is every parent's utmost responsibility, then, not to assume that Bible education will happen somewhere else. It must have its foundation in the home. At a minimum, then, this means family prayer time and sitting down with your children to read the Bible. The seeds that parents plant in their children will reflect the types of trees that they will become. If we plant good godly fruit now, we have hope for the future. At church, valuable productivity means asking not what your church can do for you, but asking what you can do for your church that glorifies God, edifies His people, and brings people closer to Christ. At work, valuable productivity means being the person your job can't do without. As 2 Thessalonians 3 verses 10 to 15 says, living a godly life means living a life in which one works, not being a busybody that produces nothing. Our job is an extension of our walk with God, and our conduct on the job is supposed to be a testimony to the Lord. A blessed person is like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Fruit refers to righteous character traits. Fruit refers to personal holiness, good works, ministry, stewardship, and praising God. And for scripture references for what the Bible says about fruit, please refer to Galatians 5, 22-23, Romans 6, 22, Colossians 1, 10, Romans 1, 13, Romans 15, 25-28, Hebrews 13, 15, and Leviticus 26, verses 3-4. So the second application from Psalm chapter 1 verse 3 is that it changes how we perceive prosperity. In regards to other people, we ought to be very discerning when making judgments on them. The Bible specifically prohibits coveting in Exodus 20:17 so that we don't look at our neighbor's things and say, "I want that." Beyond coveting, the other thing we have to be mindful of is that God has truly blessed other godly men and women for a reason, and their trees bear fruit for a reason. That reason ultimately rests in the sovereign will of our Lord, but for any tree to be very large and productive, a tree must have an extensive root system, which anchors it in place and provides a system of nourishment. Big trees are therefore big because of big roots. Figuratively speaking then, when we see another Christian who is a big fruitful tree, a legitimate question to ask is what triggered their root system to grow? Personal devotion grows roots, and generally speaking, trees must grow their roots in dry seasons of adversity. The tree must extend its roots deeper and deeper into the ground in search of groundwater. So yes, he may be blessed now, but what catastrophic loss did he have to endure to grow his anchor? So yes, she may be blessed now, but what did she have to sacrifice in order to develop such an extensive system of nourishment? Big trees are big because of their roots, and the blessed person becomes blessed not by focusing on blessings, but by digging their roots deeper into God and His Word.
Consequently, of what value then are material things if you have a deep, intimate relationship with an eternal God? A blessed person is like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. The third application is that fruit only grow in season. This means what? That seasons of no fruit are expected and completely normal. Hence, in the normal ebb and flow of life, there will be times when we are less fruitful and that's okay. The text does not give a reason why there are seasons, so we have to be careful not to read any meaning into the text. What we can infer from nature is that during times of no fruit, a tree is not expending its energy growing fruit because it is spending its energy growing roots. Therefore, out of season is merely preparation for when God has ordained your season of fruit bearing to begin. In other words, seasons of no fruit may exist because growth is needed. Also, bearing fruit in season may have less to do with your individual tree than it has to do with others. The Bible certainly does tell us that God conceals people before he reveals them merely because the time is not right. In Exodus, for example, God kept Moses out of Egypt before he was ready to go into Egypt and mediate for God's chosen people. The take-home point is that if your tree is in a symbolic winter where no fruit is going, then congratulations, this is totally and completely normal. Focus your energy on meditating on God's word, which he has promised will not return to him void. Thank you for listening. For more valuable content, including written transcripts, a bookstore, and online Bible study, please visit wcsk.org.